Jehoshaphat once again. He had three armies coming up against him. Can you imagine having all of these things coming up against you? Some of us wouldn't look to God. Some of us would look to ammunition. What we can get our hands on. We'll already have a battle plan in our mind. But when your mind is stayed on him. And that's where Jehoshaphat was because he had that peace. Even though fear was there, fear will come. Because when somebody tell you some devastating news, fear will come. You are human. But when you have the word of God on the inside of you, that peace comes and there's a stillness. And see, Jehoshaphat, when he had those battles coming up against him, he began to talk to God. He began to remind God. And see, I think that's where we, we miss it. Because when things come upon us in our lives, we lay down in it. We don't rise up. Jehoshaphat was a king and he had people that was looking up to him, but he had to look up to God. So no matter what position you hold, you still got to look up to him. Because he has everything in his hands. And in order for him to deliver to us what we need, we have to go to him. We have to know that he is high and he's exalted and he's above everything that's happening around us. So when Jehoshaphat began to talk to God about it, he said, God, I don't know what to do. And I believe it's some of us in here right now. We don't know what to do. And that's the place we have to come to. To say, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. So you have to keep your focus on him above everything else. See, in times of trouble, we try to make it about us, but we have to make it about him even when it don't look right. Even when it don't feel right. Even when people are against you. It ain't about how you feel. It's about what he's already done. So Jehoshaphat, he admitted. See, he had to come off some pride, y'all. And I believe it's pride in the body of Christ. Because we don't want people to see us any other way. See, he was a king. And the people was looking up to him. But he said, no, 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 no. I'm looking up to God. And as he looked to him, God sent a word. And that word was to believe the prophets. And so shall you be established. Because that prophet come in with a word from the Lord. And these days and times, guess what? We don't need a prophet to come in and tell you when you have the word. They just going to come in and confirm what you already have. Quit waiting on somebody to tell you something. Because that only lasts for a moment. After you get that word, you got to go home and still face what you're facing. But he said, put the praises in the front of the battle. And the only thing they had to do was be obedient to what he said. And when they did that, they defeated those armies. 
So what am I telling you? It's in your praise. Even through your difficult situations. God said that's when you should be praising me. That's when you should be giving me glory. For what I have already. Don't wait on something. See. The problem with the church. We waiting on God to do something. And God said I have already done it. I'm not doing nothing else. He's not doing nothing else. He's not going to die all over again. We don't have to beg God for nothing, y'all. It's already ours. God worked from the inside out, not the outside in. So whatever you put on the inside of you, that's what's going to come out of you. You got to connect with who you are now that you're in him. You can't connect with the outside. See, we're doing too much connecting with the outside. We believe in outside more than we believe in him. God wants us to take him at his word. Y'all, this is the time and hour that we take him at his word. Do you see what's going on in China? Do you see what they're faced with over there in China? And God told you. Over and over again, things are coming upon this land that doctors can't even fix. And you got to have your focus on him because you don't know what's around you. You don't know who's around you. You don't know what they're carrying. But I know the blood. When you know about the blood. We spending too much time waiting on man to give us an answer. How can a man give you an answer that don't know Jesus? You wait no man to come up with a conclusion. We have to depend on him so much now, y'all. We can't look to the left. We can't look to the right. We have to look to him. We got to understand that all of us went to school for something. Some of us may not have finished. Some of us may not have even been to college. But they had people in those places teaching you, coming up with what they believe because they done testing. They done this, they done that, and they come up with their own conclusion. But when that conclusion don't work, they don't have time to go back through college. They got to sit there and try to figure out an x-ray. They got to sit there and try to figure out a civil case. They got to sit there and try to figure it out so it makes sense to them. But we, as the people of God, we don't go on what man say. We go on what God says. The Bible said put no trust in man. And I'm telling y'all this because some of us wait until until we get to a place and now we want to go here. Now we want to call on Jesus. You can't wait till trouble come. You got to be ready when it come. We got too many people waiting on disaster. We got too many people waiting on sickness, waiting on disease. And now you're trying to find a scripture to get in you. Now you're quoting scripture like never before. Now you're so holy, you can't even see straight. You were holy before this come about. That don't change. We need to take the word, y'all, for what it is. This is truth. 
We need to be set apart in this truth, not waiting on somebody to tell us something before we want to get set apart. It's time now to quit all this foolishness. If we're going to be for him, we need to be for him. We need to turn everything else off and we need to get in a place with him that we can hear him like never before when he say, no, not time. No, don't do that. No, wait on me. No, trust me in this. No, don't move. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then you can look at man and say, at this time, I'm not moving. You will understand later on. But because you heard him, that could save a life. In these days and time, men and women are only doing what they're taught. But we're taught. And when they don't know, the Holy Spirit will kick in and say, this is what you need to do. We're supposed to give them truth. It's all about truth, which is the word of God. I was listening this morning at this gentleman. He took his son to have a procedure done. When he took his son to have the procedure done, the son was very scared. So he began to sing unto his son the love of God. And he was just singing unto him to calm him down. So his son said, you singing unto me and I'm scared. Only thing he knew he was scared. He said, I'm singing unto you because I love you. And I don't want you in this state. Long story short, his son died right there in front of him with the procedure. Come to find out what they were giving the son is what killed him. They gave him medication that killed him. He began to sing over him still, the love of God. They told him that he had a case dealing with that son. But guess what? God raised that son from the dead. And the Holy Spirit told him, no, don't sue. See, they had to see the glory of God all the way around. See, this is a day of time. You don't do something because man tell you to do it. If God tell you to do it, you do it. But you got to take the time to hear what God is saying. We pick up things, y'all, and we pop it in our mouth. We put it on our face. We put it on our body. We put stuff on. But do we say, God, is this what I need? You don't even know what it's made out of. But we take it because they say we have to take it. But do we consult the great physician? Do we seek him first above everything? You know what the problem is? We want a quick fix. We want a quick fix. So we get, take that quick fix, but it's just covering up the root. See, until you get to the root, you're going to still have fix after fix after fix after fix. That's why you have to say, God, what is the root of this? I remember when I was having my second child. And before I went into um, the hospital. And as I was uh, praying to the Lord every day, I would say, speedy recovery. No pain, just speaking it out in the atmosphere. And I would say, God, have the people there that you need to have there with me for that whole term of pregnancy. When I went to the doctor, they told me, they said, something is off with you. Your blood pressure, when you're laying down, is normal, but something is wrong. And we don't know what it is. Let's run tests. 
So I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting up out of here. There's any time for this baby, da-da-da-da. He said, your platelet counts is so low. He said, I'm going to have to cut you to see how long you bleed out. Because if you bleed out, you're going to die And when we do this emergency cesarean. So he cut me and he said, well, you're not bleeding out a lot. So we don't need to gather all these platelets for you. We don't need to have all this in the room. So I'm sitting there and I'm just trusting God. So I'm going in there and the moment that I was in there and I'm asking God to surround me with the ones he want to be in there with me. I remember looking at this older lady and she was rubbing my head and she said, you're going to be just fine. She started introducing herself and I got just a calmness. And next thing I know, I didn't remember anything. But after everything was over, the doctor said, you didn't even bleed out at all. Everything just went the way it needed to go. But there still was a problem. When they had hooked me to this antibiotic, and I don't know if I'm surely remember this, I was so hot, didn't have a fever, chewing on ice, and I said, I'm so hot, I'm so hot. And my Aunt Shirley was saying, check her to see if she got a temperature or something. She's saying she's hot. I was burning up on the inside like I was going to blow up. And the lady said, oh, she's fine. She'll be okay. I said, "Uh uh-uh, something is wrong. What I begin to do right there in that bed, I say, Holy Spirit, what's going on with me? Something is not right, and they're not picking it up. The Holy Spirit said, it's that antibiotic. It's what they got in your arm that's causing you to feel this way. I sat there and I said, okay, what do I do? The lady, they had a team of doctors around me, um, infection doctors, and she passed by my room and it wasn't nobody but God. I said, come here, come here. And I told her how I was feeling and she told me, she said, wait a minute. She called them in there and they unhooked the bag. So I asked my sister, which is a nurse, I said, told her what I was on. She said, if they had not unhooked that bag, you would have died. Let me tell y'all something. You better hear the spirit of the living God. Man is subject to mistakes. Now God is telling you this for a reason. Man don't know your beginning and they don't know your end. God know when you're going to enter and he know when you're going to go out. But man have to speak based upon what they believe because of what they see. But God's word is the final authority. So if I didn't know him, y'all, I wouldn't be here today. If I didn't know how to call on the Holy Spirit, I would not be here today because they were only going on, you okay. You'll get over it. You don't have no, see if you ain't got no fever, if your blood pressure ain't high, your vitals are normal, going on about your business. But the Holy Spirit had a plan. God had a plan. And he had a purpose for my life. So I'm here to tell you, God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. Put him in it. Don't just do things because somebody tell you to. Know what the spirit of God is saying, y'all. Know that God, let God be true and every man become a liar. I'm telling you, God is telling y'all all of this. And I got another one for you because I believe He's changing this up for a reason. And you can be seated if you, if you like. I remember we had another situation. My son was going through, hurting so bad. 
And I had called a lady I had worked with and I was telling the lady what was going on. She was a physical therapist. And I was telling her the pain that he was in. He just couldn't move. He was in so much pain. She said, I'm going to come to your house because this is not right. When she got to the house and she just touched my son, he just started hollering. She said, you need to get him to the hospital and you need to get him there quick because something is not right. So I remember my dad and my husband, they went with um, my husband and dad went together and took him to the hospital. Y'all, they ran all kind of tests on my son, MRIs, everything. Couldn't find nothing but he in excruciating pain. So I'm at home and I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord and I had service the next day. My husband was staying down there in the room with him. I'm up at night just giving God glory, rebuking the pain. He's down there with him while his son is going through pain. Nobody know nothing. They're giving him Codeine, Tylenol with codeine, they're giving him morphine. It wouldn't touch it. None of that would touch it. I said, wait a minute, God. Something is just not right. You're going to have to tell us what's going on because man don't know, and I don't want him hooked on no drug. So tell me what's going on. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, it's fear. I said, huh? He said, it's fear. So the next day, I went down there to my to visit him, me and Ariel, and this is what the I was talking to my son Jeremy, and he told me, he said, Mom, I had a dream. He said, in this dream, he said, this dog was coming at me. And he said, I was so afraid of this dog that this dog was going to bite me. I said, Jeremy, that's fear. And we're going to grab hold of that fear right now in Jesus' name, and we're going to tell that fear, you have no right here. And I, I, we begin to pray. We begin to rebuke that fear. I said, but it's something you got to do, baby. I said, I want you to get out of this bed, and I want you to walk. I gave him a little bit of persuasion. I said, get out the bed and walk, and I'll take you to Walmart and get you a toy. <laughs> My baby got out of that bed and been walking ever since. Amen. What am I saying to you? His word is the final authority. We don't take time to hear him. We're hearing what man is saying, but we're not hearing what God is saying. What did God say? Then I remember they want to label my daughter with having a speech impediment that she couldn't speak right. Never forget it. The lady told me, she said, you need to put her in speech therapy. Her speech is off. I said, there's nothing wrong with her speech. I said, she talks fine at home. She just is intimidated by you guys. So they called in the speech therapist and said, we're going to follow her through elementary school. I said, you don't have to follow her because she's fine. And she's been speaking well ever since. Why is God telling you all of these things? Because it got to be somebody in the midst of this room that need to consult with God before you move. Because everything that man tell you is what they have come to believe. But I'm going to ask you today, whom report do you believe? The Bible said we have to believe the report of the Lord. We have to know what God is saying in this day and this hour. Because if we don't know what he's saying, we could miss what God has for us. Hear him. What am I saying? We got to... Hear him. Yes, you hear them, but hear him. You hear them, but hear him. God, I hear what they're saying, but I need to hear what you're saying. 
God, speak to my heart today. Let me know what you want me to do in this situation. In your marriage, hear God. With your children, hear God. On your job, hear God. Whatever you're going through, hear God. He has the final say. But we as the people of God don't take time to hear God because we want everybody else to tell us. When you can't get them on the phone. When the doctor's office don't answer. When the attorney don't answer. Who are you going to hear? Who are you going to call? When you got a mother and a, a father that's at home, they ain't answering you. You got to learn how to call on Jesus. See, we got to teach our children how when you can't get in contact with us, there's one you can always get in contact with. His name is Jesus. And his name is above every name. Everything that you need is in that name. Healing is in that name. Deliverance is in that name. Peace is in that name. Joy is in that name. Everything you need is in that name. Contentment is in that name. When you call on that name, everything else have to bow. But we have to understand God created us with a will. And it's what we want. It's what we want. And how can a person make a decision based on what they ain't heard? Faith come by. And hearing come by. God will take something and he'll turn it around so he can be glorified in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That's a miracle. Man don't want to admit that it's a miracle, but that's a miracle from God. So God is saying all of this for a reason. He's bringing it out for a reason. Because God wants us to know today, y'all, I'm God. The battle has already been won. It's already been won. We're not going to a battle. We're coming from one because of Jesus Christ. The victory has already been won. So, Father God, we thank you. And we praise you right now that the victory... Has already been won. We thank you, Father God, for being here for us on today, God. And we thank you that that our hearts are open and receptive, God, to hear what you have to say unto us on today. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And you should get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. We are continuing our teaching on 911. What's your emergency? Lost souls. Amen. It's a critical time now that we need to go out and win the souls of the lost. And the only way we can do it is through the good news concerning the kingdom. Turn with me to Ephesians, the second chapter. And I'm going to begin with verse 1. I'm going to end with verse 2. And we want to hear what God has to say. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read out the Amplified and then I'm going to read out the Expanded Bible. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word today. The word of God now reads in Ephesians chapter 2. And you... Hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I'm going to go to verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now let me read out the Amplified, I mean the expanded Bible. In the past you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God, your transgressions. Yes, in the past you lived, you walked the way of the world, the way the world lives, according to the course, the way, the age of this world, following the rule of Satan, of the evil powers that are above the earth. The same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God, the children, the sons of disobedience. In the, in the past, all of us lived like or among them trying to please or giving in to the craving of our sinful self, our sinful nature, and doing all the things our body, our flesh and minds wanted. We should have suffered God's anger because we were sinful by nature. We were the same as all other people, just like the rest of mankind. Let's talk about 911. What's your emergency lost souls? God is bringing us into the house, and as long as He wants to keep it in this house, I want to keep it here because we got people out there that are lost, y'all. They don't know that they're lost, they think that they're okay. They think that they can just walk right into heaven and don't need no help. They think that because of all the good that they do here on this earth, they're okay. Because they don't curse, because they come to church, because, you know, they visit the homeless, they give money to the homeless. They think that their good works is going to get them into heaven. I'm not like this one or that one. It reminds me of the Pharisee. He began to say he was not like the publican, the, the tax collector. He pays his tithes. You know, he was a giver. He was all of this. He didn't even commit adultery. But this he was trying to be self-righteous. He was basing his life based upon what he did or what he was doing. And he looked at that publican as a sinner. But that publican, what he did, that tax collector, he just, you know what? He admitted he was a sinner. And this is what God did. He had mercy on him because he knew he needed help from God. He knew he couldn't do it himself. Some of us sitting right here today, we're still thinking that it's something we have to do to get God to do something. And we're saved and we're born again. The only thing we have to do is accept what he has already done. When I was reading these verses, this is who we were before we got born again. This is how we lived before we got born again. We were dead in sin. Being dead in sin means that you are spiritually dead. We got people walking around here breathing, but yet they are dead. They are doomed for destruction. And you know what? We should not allow them to go to a place that Jesus died for, that he paid the price for. We should not want them to be in that place. So when we look like, when we say dead in sins, we go back to the Garden of Eden. Y'all remember the tree? We keep talking about this tree. And if you keep going back there, your compassion will stir up on the inside of you for the loss. And I think the majority of us, what we're looking at is, God, what's going on with me? Why is this happening to me? God, when are changes going to come in my life? Are you one of those? Come on, we ask God these things. God, when am I going to have some peace? 
God, when am I going to have enough money to help somebody? God, when am I going to get over this with my children, with my husband? God, when are people going to like me? When are people going to stop rejecting me? The problem is you don't know who you are. Because if you keep asking yourself those questions over and over again, Lord, why my husband don't love me the way he need to love me? Because he don't know how Christ loved the church. He don't know what love is. There's your answer. So you need to be rejoicing that you are loved. But when you don't know these things, you keep going back to when, God, why, God, where, God, God, why am I different? Why am I born this way? Why couldn't I be lighter? Why couldn't I be darker? Why couldn't I be slimmer? God, why couldn't I have a little meat on these bones so I can shake it like it's never been shaken before? God, why can't I be like this one or why can't I be like that one? And you're saved. But you're not satisfied. You're trying to find yourself. And the reason why, because you don't know who you are. So we tap into what the world is doing to try to make us lighter. We bleach our skin. We try to tighten up some stuff by wearing tight girls and look good for just a moment. Come on, we try to do things that the world has invented to make us feel good. The outside look good, but the inside is tore up. Because we really don't know who we are. We're not satisfied, so we try to buy love. We try to give the people to be accepted in that circle of people. Until we really know who we are. And until we know what really occurred before we accepted Jesus. And I think that's the problem with the church. We have always grew up like Jimmy. Gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. Gimme my healing. That's all I want you to do is touch me and heal me. You don't even want to know what have happened to bring you that healing. Just heal me. Just deliver me today. Come on, I want some peace in my mind. Give me enough money to have peace. And then when you get the money, you still don't have the peace you need because that's world's peace. The peace that God gives you is a peace that passes all understanding, that will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. But before that peace come, he said, be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests made known unto God. We don't want to do the first part, but we want the second. You have a job to do, y'all. And the job that you have is to open up the word of God to know who you are. Now that you're in Christ, if you don't know who you are, you will always see yourself as a failure. You will always compare yourself amongst yourself in wise. You comparing yourself with somebody else because you're seeing how they're living and you're thinking that's how you need to live. Men, you're seeing them looking, you know, uh, muscular. And all of a sudden, your flab now, it just ain't cutting it. You, you hanging with somebody that's so muscular, that's so built up, and all of a sudden now, you don't want no chocolate cake no more. You shouldn't have wanted the chocolate cake before you saw. I don't want, don't fix them no pig feet. Just give me a salad. Just give me some toner. Just give me some peanut butter. Cause you're trying to figure out how do they get what they got. So you following them instead of following the word of God. Oh, we so quiet up in here. See, I come to root up. I come to root up. I come to tear down so I can build you back up. See, the problem is nobody is getting to the root. 
We agree in what people stuff instead of telling them what the real deal is. Telling them this is why you're where you are. It's because you don't know who you are. When you find out who you are, you ain't worrying about how this man look or how this woman look. I have been accepted by God. And it don't matter what color they are, how dark they are, how light they are. Everything God make is beautiful. I am beautiful. I am the apple of God's eye. And you can't tell me any different. Even in families, sisters and brothers go through. Because one come out this way and the other one come out this way and the other one is looking at this one and say, why you look this way and I look this way? And then you, you need to teach them and say, because that's how God created you. You still beautiful. You still beautiful. But if we don't do these things and they get around other um, kids or other children, teenagers, adults, they're going to start comparing themselves and say, I don't have what you have. Look at you. And then you're not satisfied. Y'all, come on. We got to get over it. We got to get over it because that's what's bringing on the sickness. That's what's bringing on the anxiety. That's what's bringing on the stress. That's what's bringing these things in your body because your immune system cannot function the way it needs to function because your mind is on the outer. Instead of functioning on focusing on who you are, the more you focus on who you are, you're not worrying about what nobody else thinks. If we still worried about what people think, we don't know who we are. Every day you get up, you need to say, I'm beautiful. I am who God says that I am. And I can do everything that God says I can do. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. We need to say, I've been adopted. I've been chosen. I've been accepted. I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. Not because of me, but because of him. And that's how I'm going to live. I can love others because he first loved me. I can forgive others because he forgave me. When you know these principles, you're not so offended. People that take offense and stay in offense is because you ain't in the good book. You ain't in the word of God. People that feel rejected when they come around people is because you allowed rejection to be your God. God will never reject you. Sometimes we don't feel apart because of rejection. So this is where we were before we got born again, y'all. Y'all know what happened in the garden. They were disobedient to God. One man, which was Adam, eating from that one tree, disobeying that one command, brought sin into the world. And when sin came, death came upon all men because all men have sinned because of that one man. But it took one man. Which was Jesus Christ. That What did he do? He destroyed the works of the devil. He paid the price for sin. He laid down his life outside of us. God had to find somebody that was sinless. Where there was no sin. He couldn't find us. Because every day we kept sinning over and over again. And God had to find someone. So when God began to show me this again, he said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. This is why when you don't have that knowledge, can I tell you something? We got to grow up today. If you're born again, you're no longer a sinner. A sinner is somebody who's dead in sin. Your sin has been washed away by the blood of Jesus. 
If you keep thinking that you are a sinner, you really don't know what has happened the day that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. See, I was reading the word of God and it was saying, I believe it was Matthew, the eighth chapter. They were asking Jesus about following him. And Jesus said, foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. But the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. But then it goes to another man. He said he wanted to follow him. He said, but let me go bury my father first. And Jesus made this statement. He said, let the dead bury the dead. That what he was talking about was the spiritual dead. They're dead and don't even know they're dead. So he said, let the dead bury the dead. People that are in the world that's living a life outside of Christ is dead, y'all. They are dead spiritually and they don't even know it because they're still breathing. And we're still with them, but we're not giving them the good news. We're not telling them that you don't have to die in your sins. You don't have to live this way because God made a way through his son, which is Jesus Christ. How can we walk past people and have an unction and keep going? Because our mind is so much on us, what we don't have, what we need. When is God going to heal me? When is God? You already healed. You already delivered. When you know what God has already done for you, you will take your mind off you and you will put it on somebody else. That's lost. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost. When Jesus walked the earth, it wasn't about him. It was about his father. Jesus said, I only can do what the father do. Whatever I see the father doing, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever I hear the father saying, that's what I'm going to say. Jesus didn't make it about him. If we Christians are still making it about us, he ain't in the picture. If you still worrying about people seeing you, he's not in the picture. They don't supposed to see you. They're supposed to see the glory of God. If we always make it about us, we're missing who we are in him. Because if he made it about us, all of us would be dead. We wouldn't have nobody to even put us in the ground. We will literally rot. But this is why I'm bringing this in the church. I'm bringing this to you guys because we got people that's out there lost. And what hurts so bad is... They're doing what they want to do, saying what they want to say, live like they want to live, but yet they're in heaven. Somebody need to bring truth to let people know this is not God's way. It was never God's way. God wants you to have life and he wants you to have it more abundantly. He told us, he said, there's blessings, there's curses, there's life and there's death. He said, but I want you to choose life. See, God created us with the will. God want us to have this life and have it more abundantly. But I don't know about you. Somebody got to tell them about this abundant life. You got to let them know in this life, yes, things do come to try to knock you down. But because of the word of God, the things can't knock you down. Guess what? Those things are going to come knock you down. But the word is going to build you back up. The word is going to quicken you. The word is going to bring life unto you. God want us to grow up through the word of God. 
This is the book that we need every day of our lives. We cannot afford to put this book down and put it away and leave it on the shelf. We have to take it out every day and read it and say, God, what are you saying to me? God, tell me, what do you want me to know today through the word of God? Show me, God. Show me that plan and the purpose that you have for my life. And then we'll stay out of everybody else's life. Because we're always saying this one should have done this and this one should have done that. What should you have done? So we're going back that all of us was dead in sin. And we lived according to the course of this world. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan. And see, people are living that way right now in the world. And they think, I'm okay. I'm not sick. I got money in the bank. Everything in my life is okay right now. But the Bible said he had to quicken us. You couldn't bring yourself back to life. See, it had to come through the power of God. And the same power that brought Jesus back to life is the same power that's in us that quickens our mortal bodies. And and how do we feel this power? Through connecting through the word of God. The more you connect with the word of God, the more you feel the life of God in your body. You're not going to feel his life in your body until you make a connection to the word. And the word connects to the spirit and it flows to your body. Then people see that your living has changed. You cannot tell me we can get into this word and change don't take place. When you allow the word to get into you, you will love your worst enemy. You won't hate them. You won't be frowning up because they're coming at you. You will love them with the love of God. Because when Jesus was on that cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. But this is what we say. They do know what they do, an apostle. It's the spirit that's using them. God, the enemy have to have a body. To take you out of your position. He has to use a man or a woman or a child to take you out of your position. You are tested. We have trials and we have tribulations. But if we go into the word of God, we can get through it all. Because he's our present help in the time of trouble. Go with me to Luke, the 15th chapter. And I love this so much because we are talking about the loss. When you look at Luke, the 15th chapter, and we're beginning at verse 1 and verse 2, listen at this. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Look at how the sinners, the tax collectors, they drew nigh to hear Jesus. I want to ask y'all a question. Is anybody drawing nigh to hear you? Sinners. Have any sinners come around you to hear what you got to say? I had to stop right there. Because they came to who? And they were coming just as they. They were coming just as. What do we do? Oh, don't come over here with that foolishness. Oh, that's the time I want you to come. Because I want to give you something. I got some good news for you. I got some good news for you that will change your life forever. See, the more we get into this word, we ain't shunning them. 
Because as long as we in this world, you're going to be around some sinners. Hello? Some of them are sitting right in church. Hello, somebody. Which you should have caught before they come into church. And they should have been born again before they come in here so they can get taught. Oh, yeah, I said it. You're supposed to be fishermen of men. When you invite them to church, the change is supposed to already taken place. But if it didn't, we'll catch it. So they came to hear him. Y'all, when I heard that, I'm saying, oh, my God. God, look at these people. They were gathered around Jesus. These were sinners. These were tax collectors. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. It had to be something about Jesus. That they knew he had and they needed it. Is there anybody that has come around you that know it's something they have that I need? I don't know what it is right now, but I'm going to sit here because I know it's something about that one. And I need to hear what they have to say today. But as they come around him, how many know that even when people come around you, you're going to always have a devil in the midst. You're going to always have somebody in the midst to try to break up what God is doing or try to break it up. So you got these Pharisees and these Pharisees were teachers of the law. They were the ones that said they can obey the whole law and they even threw in some of their little traditions of men. By the way that the word of God said the traditions of men make the word of God a none effect. So they're going to bring in their little ways of doing things. See, they were so self-righteous. See, we have Pharisees in the church. How do I know it? And the Pharisees is the ones that's turning away from the sinners away. The Pharisees are the ones that's telling them, you got to do this to get God to do this. You got to pay your tithes. If you don't pay your tithes, your refrigerator going to stop working. If you don't pay your tithes, you're going to be sick. If you don't come to church every Sunday, this is what's going to happen to you. If you don't keep the Sabbath, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, this is what's going to happen to you. Do I have any Pharisees out there? If you don't dress this way or dress that way, you better come up in here with a long dress on. You got to do this to be accepted by God. These were these Pharisees. So the sinners that the Pharisees were talking about, that Jesus was eating with, These were the ones that they were shunning. They were shunning them because they said, you are not keepers of the law. Even though you Jews, you don't want to keep the law. You you don't want to do what the law says. And by the way, you don't want to even keep the extra laws we threw in. So we have to shun you. We can't even be around you. So people will know who we are and they'll know who you are. We are a different class of people, y'all. Did y'all know we so holy? That we can't even sit beside a drug addict. I was told through my husband and somebody told my husband. When my husband was talking about somebody that was on drugs. This man told him. What do a drug person look like? Because some of them that's on it look better than us. Some people can hold their alcohol and you wouldn't even know they was drunk because they always acted stupid. (laughs) Stand up straight, walk straight, they learn how to do it. And we sit beside them, but get somebody beside you that's high. 
Get on about your business now. I want the cops to pick me up with you. Get on about your business now. I'm too holy for this. We set them aside, but Jesus, look at Jesus. Jesus knew what they needed. Y'all, come on, my heart is crying out. Jesus knew what they needed. He knew that they were lost. He knew that they were lost and they didn't even, the Pharisees didn't even recognize they were lost. They were shunning the sinners, but they were lost themselves because they were stuck on getting into heaven by what they do. And they supposed to know God. But Jesus was in the midst. Grace and mercy and truth was in the midst and they didn't even know. But then they were talking about Jesus, but I like how. Jesus brought it out to them. Jesus spoke a parable because he wanted them to understand through parables because they couldn't understand through the spirit. So Jesus gave them a parable. Isn't he so awesome? Knowing how to bring the word. What am I saying to you? You got to know how to bring it. Because if you don't, you're going to still lose people. See, I'm going to tell you what I did one time. I was at work. And I was hurt, y'all. I was hurt. They done me wrong. I knew I didn't do nothing wrong. And I was out for revenge. And I was safe. Safe. Born again. Saying I knew him. But I was testing the waters. And I was mad at that um, human resource woman. Because I knew she wasn't nothing but the devil sitting at her desk. And I wanted to get her back, and I was trying to find a way to get her back. And how I did it, this girl was leaving. And I said, oh, this is my opportunity to let y'all know that y'all some devious dogs up in here. So this is what I did. Save now. She was so happy, and I said, oh, I'm so happy for you, lion. I'm a liar. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I know you're so happy you leaving this place. That was my statement. That human resource woman told me. She said, well, why are you still here? Y'all, she made me look so little. I couldn't even respond. But I deserved it. Because I tried to put her down. But end up getting slapped in my face. Instead of me ministering out of love. I ministered out of hate. Because that's where my heart was. See, some of us have hate in our heart, but we're trying to act like we're doing something for Christ. But we're really not. We're doing it for spite. See, those Pharisees didn't even know. But Jesus was giving them a parable. And this is what, and I like what Jesus said. He said there were nine, there were a hundred sheep. And he said out of those hundred sheep, there was one that went a wondering. That went off. And you know sheep can't really take care of themselves. They can go over a mountain. They can get tangled up in some stuff. So that one left. Jesus didn't stay with the 99. Jesus went out. That good shepherd. See, I'm going to tell you what a good shepherd is. What? Help me Holy Ghost. We cannot spend time on the born again. When you spend too much time on the ones that know, you're missing the ones that's what? Uh-uh. I ain't going to be a time waster no more. Because when I teach you truth, and you choose to go outside of truth, I'm going to the ones that are wondering, that are lost, that in the need of us. Come on, it's time out. It's time. 
stay with the 99. He said, I ain't lost no more. I don't need to be here with the 99. I'm going to go get the one that's wandering, that's lost, that's left the sheepfold. And I love this. Oh, I love it. And it says, the 99, they were in the wilderness. And go after that which is lost until, hear me, until he finds it. That's a loving father. That's a loving God. He said, I'm not giving up on that one. Because that one is lost. He said, and I'm not giving up until they're found. That's just how valuable we are to, y'all don't get it. If we're that valuable for him to lay down his life for us, why should we be sick? If I'm that valuable, why I keep asking God? God, why you ain't doing this? He saved me, y'all. When I was in my mess, Tyson, God saved me. He paid the price for me. When I was yet a sinner, he laid down and died for me. Because he loved me. Love is the key. So he kept seeking. Oh, I like the next part. Listen at this. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders. He carried the burden. He took the sheep and put the sheep on the shoulder. He said, I'm going to carry you. You don't have to, oh, you don't have to walk no more. You don't have to wonder no more because you saved. You're no longer lost. I'm going to put everything you're going through on me. I'm going to carry you. And why he's carrying him? He's rejoicing. He said, I done snatched him out of the hand of the enemy. Oh, my God. He said, I done snatched him out of the hand of the enemy. We should be rejoicing. And we act like it's a little thing. We act like it's nothing. But when I saw a picture. Of that sheep. That's weight. That's dead weight. Jesus is carrying the government upon his shoulders. He's the prince of peace. He's the great I am. So he's telling that lamb, rest on me. He said, rest on me. Let everything come on me. I can carry it, apostle. Let it come on me. You don't have to carry this no more. You don't have to wonder no more. Welcome home. Come on. The good shepherd has you now. When you were out there in trouble, when everything seemed to come at you, I got you. I got you. I'm carrying you. They got to go through me now. Y'all don't get it. You safe. You've been rescued from danger. That sheep, Charlotte, was rescued from danger. He can be at peace. He can be at rest now. He's no longer a wanderer. Welcome home, son. Welcome home. So he began to rejoice. Not only did he rejoice, but when he brought him back, I'm talking about the congregation. He brought them back and they began, he said, the neighbors and everybody began to rejoice with him. 
Where's the rejoicing in the church? Where's the rejoicing? We act like being saved is nothing. We act like it's nothing. We treat it just like the world treated. We act like it's just nothing. But he told the neighbors, they came, they rejoiced. But then he began to describe this woman with ten coins. And she lost one. That woman began to turn on the light. You're that light. For the whole world to see. That they may see your good works. That the father may be glorified. That one coin she began to turn on the light and sweep through the house. For that one coin. Y'all know if we lose a nickel or a dime or well. Not important. I got dollars. But when you don't have those dollars you search diligently for some nickels and dimes. To get a dollar. You don't know how important it is. Until you don't have nothing. Amen. When you got your little money in the banks, your little hundreds, your little thousands, them nickels and quarters don't mean nothing. But they add up in that bucket. That's why we take them. Because at the end of the day, when you put them all together, they come out with a large sum. So this woman wasn't giving up on that lost coin. She swept through the house until she found it. And when she found it, she rejoiced. And she had people rejoicing with her. And the Bible said even the angels in heaven. Come on, the angels in heaven. They up there singing holy, holy, holy. Hey, heaven comes silent and they begin to rejoice over a lost person that was found. This is just how valuable we are to him. Nothing separates us from his love. Nothing. And this is why it's so important that we take our mind off of us. And we get it on the ones that don't know him. Every day we should in our families talk about the goodness of Jesus. What he done for us. We should get around the table and say let me tell you about how good Jesus is. My granddaddy and grandmother talked about him so much people were shunning them. They were shutting the door in my granddaddy's face. But that didn't stop him from talking about how good God was. He said, if I don't have a friend in this world, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. But we want to keep friends. They shouldn't stop us from talking about his goodness, his love, and his mercy. And when you do opposite of what the devil wants you to do, you win the loss. You'll win the loss. Y'all remember when I was in that restaurant and that spirit that was in that girl come at me, come at me very hastily. Apostle witness, sister niece witness, and apostle looked at me. She said, you want me to check her for you? (laughs) Apostle wasn't going to do nothing. She said, you want me to check her? I said, no. And sister niece looking around at Willie because she said, Willie going to tell me to shut up. Because she my armor bearer. I said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." I stayed at peace. The reason why I stayed at peace is because I knew that ain't her. That's that spirit using her to come against me. And we done had a good time in service today. So I need to show the love of God. So I tried it again to explain to her. Oh, she got higher then. 
I just come right back down. Let me tell y'all something. The next time I saw this young lady, she came to the table and she said, forgive me for what I said to you. She said, because I had a bad day and she said, I just had an accident and everything was going so wrong for me. I ain't had a problem with that girl since. You know why? Because the love of God. See, y'all got to understand, how are you going to win the loss if you don't win them with his love? You got to get out of your feelings and how you feel and how somebody embarrassed you and how somebody made you look because of your title. It ain't about no title. It's about him and who you are now that you in him. We so stuck on titles in the church that we're missing the loss because we want somebody to call us by our title. What you say? What you call me? Oh, I got to use this one too. Me, my little granddaughter, that little granddaughter, I don't know what it was, but I just thought she didn't like me, little Jada. Every time she would see me, it wasn't me, Ma. One day she come up under the garage and I was standing on the top uh, step. She laying down like that. She said, hey, Amanda. <laughs> it just made me cringe. I said, no, she didn't call me Amanda. You know my name, girl. You know my name. She said, hey, Amanda. I said, okay, okay. My husband and them laughing at me. But now my baby know my name. Because God showed me how to deal with my little Jada. I would talk with Jada. How was your day, Jada? And all the time I hear now, me, mom, like glory. Because she, let me tell you something. God will show you where to meet them, where they are. Was I upset and mad? Yes, I was. Calling me, calling me mad. I done got her started. But this is what we do, y'all. We don't make it about us. It's all about him. And the more I learn about who I am in him, it don't make me no difference how you feel about me. Because I have a father who loves me. If you shun me, he'll never shun me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll always be there for me. And my husband disowned me. It's okay. I have a lover. I have somebody who will rock me all night long. See, I got to get in a place that no matter what happened in my life, I can call on Jesus and he'll be there. Would I miss my husband? Yes. Would I miss my children? Yes. Would I miss my job? Yes. But I have a consoler in my house that can console me to let me know I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going to be with you even, oh, he's with me through eternity. He said, I'm not going to leave you, baby. He said, you're going through some times right now, but know that I'm here and I'm going to help you get through what you're going through. We all hurt. We may hurt in different ways, but hurt is hurt. But the one that can console that hurt, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you call on him, Saying, Holy Spirit, I need you today. It's too much going on in my life. I can't do this by my... That's all he need to know. I can't. But I know you can. And when we trust him, knowing that he can, 
And we go on. All of a sudden, we feel in that peace that we never felt before. We're not anxious. We're at rest, and we can hear him speak to us. But you got to get to that place. The first thing you got to know is you were dead in your sins before you accepted Jesus. But God quickened us. He made us alive. That's called the regeneration. You remember in the Bible when Jesus went to Nicodemus and he was a ruler, y'all. He should have known all these things. And he began to tell Jesus, he said, I know God sent you. Because ain't nobody can do the things, the miracles that you. Now they had proof. He said, but Jesus said, the only way you're going to see the kingdom or enter this kingdom, you must be born again. That old Nicodemus now, he's a ruler. He should have known all this. He said, you telling me I got to go in my mother. Can you imagine how big this man is? Someone going back in his mother's womb. I'll be that mother like the devil is a lie. He said, do I have to go back in my mother's womb a second time? Jesus began to tell him again. That which is born of spirit is spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. So he was talking about the regeneration. That means that you are being reborn. You're born from above. You got to know that you in this world, but you're not of this world. So you don't live like this world. Ephesians told you who you were before you were born again. The Ephesians told you how you were living before you were born again. But before Paul began to talk about that, he said, he have quickened you. He have made you alive. Why? It was his mercy. It was his grace. You are saved by grace through faith. Not of works. It's nothing that you have done or you had to earn. God had already made a way for you. Only thing you had to do is accept the way that was made through Jesus Christ. You could not save yourself. You could not keep all those commandments. Matter of fact, before the commandments came into existence, people were sinning and didn't know they were sinning. It was a way of life. They had all these wives, probably had girlfriends on the side. Come on, they had all of this stuff going on and it was normal living. The world was so wicked, full of sin, that God destroyed the world by water. And guess what? Noah and his family was the only ones saved. And guess what Noah did after he got through the flood and the doors was open? See, the doors were shut. And this is what's going to happen, y'all. When God is giving you this good news, he's giving you the gospel concerning the kingdom, and you turn from it, the door is shut because you had an opportunity. So when the end come, ain't no more knocking on that door. That's it. So when he opened that door, guess what Noah did? He did a burnt offering unto God. He sacrificed an animal. He understood blood. He understood that there was life in the blood. So when God smelt that sweet aroma, God come in covenant with Noah. He said, Noah, I'm not going to destroy this earth no more with water. And my sign of this covenant is going to be a rainbow. Do y'all see rainbows? When you see a rainbow, you're saying covenant. So we know the earth is not going to be destroyed by water no more. But we know that man, they will die because of their sin. The wrath of God will come on them for their sins. But I will not come this way no more. So guess what? Then he went on 
to Abraham. I'm going somewhere. Abraham, he began to talk to Abraham. Noah and Abraham was righteous, but yet Noah, he got drunk, right? But God still saw him for who he was. Y'all, I'm going somewhere. So don't look at yourself as doing one thing and somebody is doing another. God don't see you. He see his son. So we need to quit judging people based on big sins and little sins. So we get to Abraham and Abraham, what did he do? He heard God and God told him to leave everything he was familiar with. So Abraham did leave and God gave him a promise. God said, I'm going to bless you. God said, I'm going to make your name great. Whoever curse you, I'm going to curse them. Whoever bless you, I'm going to bless them. So God gave him his word. He gave him a promise. But guess when God sealed it? When we look at Genesis 15, when Abraham wanted a son and he was still childish, you know, childless, he didn't have that son. God told him, I want you to get five animals. And he told him what to do to those animals. You know, he had to cut them animals from the head on down. He had to leave them open. That's what he had to do. He had to put some here. He had to put some there. And he had to leave a path right there. Because that path is where that blood is coming right there. So when Abraham done all of that and he's waiting on God, he's following the instructions. There was some birds that was going to come down and get that carcass. But Abraham, he fought those birds off. Why? Because God had a plan for Abraham. He had a purpose for Abraham. So guess what? He waited on God so long he fell into a deep sleep. His sleep was deep. And it said when he had that deep sleep, darkness came. What did darkness represent? Death. So death came right then. It was like he was dead in what? Sin. Sin was all around him. But this is what God did, y'all, when he went into that deep sleep. See, in the Bible, it tells you when you make a covenant, you have to walk in between those dead animals. So when you're walking in between those dead animals, you're taking the curse upon you. You're saying, I'm going to take all of this upon me. Everything that you will ever do, it's going to be on me. So you know what God did? He showed up on the scene and he walked in between. He said, I'm going to take everything on me. Everything is going to be put on me, Abraham. It ain't going to be based on you. It's going to be based on me. So everything that I told you, I'm sealing it with this covenant. This is what I'm going to do. When you get out of line, it will not be broken because it's sealed with the blood. So that's what God did. And guess who sealed it for us? Jesus took everything. See, God was foreshadowing what was yet to come. Jesus took everything on him by the blood. He took our sins on him. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remissions of sin. So blood had to be shed because there's life in the blood. So Jesus shed his blood from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. It was blood everywhere. God said, it's sealed now. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at what the blood did. So we're sanctified, set apart because of the blood. That means I'm made holy because of Jesus, not because of anything I do. So if I messed up the day, I'm still who I am because of him, because he's going on him. None of us can keep all the laws of God. So he knew we were going to mess up. He said, I had to make you righteous by the blood. I had to put you in right standing. I had to justify you. I had to redeem you. I paid the price for you. So it ain't based on you keeping nothing. 
Because I know you can't keep it. So I put it on my son. So when I mess up now, I recognize it. I recognize what the blood done. And that's when I turn from what I'm doing. Because I say, God, you saved me. You delivered me. You made me righteous. So why would I go back into where I was when I know who I am? It's not hard, y'all. The way of a transgressor is hard. See, we're trying to keep something we can't keep. None of us in here can keep the standards of God even now. Not even me. But what makes me turn from it is because I've been sealed. With the Holy Spirit of promise. Meaning that I have been so sealed that all of his laws is written on my heart. So when I get ready to do something I shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit remind me of his righteousness. He don't condemn me. He let me know who I am. And then I flee from fornication. I flee from adultery. And I even flee from it in my mind. And I cast, oh y'all don't get it. Even though you're running from it, you got to get it out of your thinking. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. You can't flee from something and you ain't getting into the word to get it out of your thinking. Because you're going to go back to it. That's why it's a regeneration. It's a washing. A renewing. Through the Holy Ghost. It took the Holy Ghost to do it. You couldn't do it. The Holy Spirit came in. When that spirit in you was dead, he quickened your spirit. You got a new spirit. That spirit was made alive. God could not come and live in a dirty vessel. So your spirit is what's born again. This old soul sitting right here is still toe up from the floor up. That's why I say renewing, 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 renewing. It's an ongoing process. Renewing, renewing, renew, renew, renew your mind. It's ongoing. What happens when I renew my mind? When I'm going through, if you're going through in your body and you know the word of God said by Jesus Christ, you were already healed. You renewing your mind. But guess what? You're speaking it, but it got to go deep. It has to take root in your heart. Once it take root in your heart, it's going to make a connection with the real you, your spirit. So all of a sudden, you're going to feel the life of God. And it's going to hit your body. And you're going to be walking in your healing. It's a renewing. It's a renewing. You cannot know what the good and perfect will of God is without the renewing of your mind. Because everything you have is in your spirit. It comes out of your spirit and it flows. It's inward out, not outward in. So the more I renew my mind and I set my mind on things above and not things of this earth, guess what? It's going to be a flow. It's going to be rivers flowing out of me because I'm knowing who I am and I know what I have. God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. It ain't in you. So why are you trying to do something? To get something from a God who's already done it for you. Go into the word of God and know what you have. And stay focused on what you have. 
Set your mind. Set your mind and keep it set on things above and not on things of this world. Some people are quoting the word, but they're not living it. You hear some people talk about, I know the word. I know the word. The words say this, but their life is tore up. If you know what the word is saying, why aren't you living what the word is saying? You saying it, but your lifestyle got to line up with what you're saying. So this is what we do, y'all. We go into the word of God. We take it personally for ourselves and we say, God, you're speaking to me. God, this is what you want me to do. And we take it to heart and we live it. When the words say don't, we don't. Because that's what he's saying to us. So you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have what? Behold. The new things is in your spirit. The old things is that old uh, self. That old nature. Guess what? It got buried. And this is what God was showing me, y'all. I looked and I saw, you know how you get baptized and you go under the water? I saw myself going under. It was dark. Dark. He said, that's that old man. That's being crucified. Nothing but darkness. But when I come up, I saw the light over me that was so bright. He said, that's your newness of life. And that's how I want you to live. He said, what's under there is dead and buried. He said, don't dig up something that's been crucified. He said, if it's crucified, it's no longer of any use. When we have people in front of this altar, they're dead. They got a casket. You don't see nothing but a body. You go up there and look at them. They can't hear. They dumb. That's just like a statue. That's a body. That's the earth suit that your spirit and soul lived in while you were living. But that body is dead now. You can't bring that body back to life, not lest God tell you, I'm going to raise him up. That's when you go into action and say, now y'all see that body right there? God is going to quicken that body. God is going to bring that body to life. People look at you like you're crazy. But you're going to do what God tells you. But if God don't tell you that body is dead, it's being buried. It ain't coming back to life. That's what happened to that old man, that old self that was in us, that was driving us, that was compelling us to sin. That old man, that, that spirit that was in us, that sin nature that was in us, guess what? It didn't start coming alive until the commandment came. That's why Paul said when the commandment came, I came alive. I said, Paul, you wasn't dead. He was talking about that sin nature that was in him. It was dead. When the commandment came said, do not covet, he wanted to covet. Because that sin that was in him come alive for him to covet. This is what we had in us before it got crucified. That's what a sinner has now. The commandments that we have is bringing the sinners to Christ to let them know they're in the need of a Savior. They can't keep those commands. They keep running to the same thing, y'all. That's why we bring the good news. And say, you can't quit this on your own. People can stand up in them alcohol classes and them drug classes and say, Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to alcohol or I'm what? You know how to tell them to admit it? But guess what? 
sooner than later. If they haven't got that nature in them change, they're going to have a hard time. They're going to have a hard time. But when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you got a helper. You got the Holy Spirit. Y'all, when change come in your life, you don't want those things no more. A true born again person don't want to do what they done no more because they got a new nature in them. That's not about sin. You cannot have a sin nature and a nature of God in the same temple. That's why that old nature had to die. They cannot inhabit the same temple. The, what you fighting against is that old nature habits that it left behind. That's why you got to renew your mind and say, that's not who I am no more. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. I'm one with him. I'm joined unto the Lord. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's what I used to do, but I don't do that no more. You got to remind yourself of who you are. But actually the spirit in you don't have a drive to sin. And if you're still driven to sin, check your salvation. Check it. Because you don't want to live that way no more. Your heart ain't turned that way no more. That's not what you want no more. And sometimes you got to separate yourself. From the things of this world. You got to take time out and fasting and prayer and say, God, that's no longer me no more. This is temptation. You dealing with temptation now. You ain't dealing with that sin no more. That sin nature is dead. Sin ain't the problem, y'all. Rejecting Jesus is the problem because he done away with sin. So don't let people tell you, oh, I tell you because of this sin. No, it's because of you not accepting Jesus. Because he done paid the price. So church, it's time for us to seek and to save those that are lost. We need to get our mind off of us and what's going on with us. And we need to start saying, Lord, I need to be taught concerning salvation. Because when I go out, I don't want to miss no one that needs you. All of us got issues, y'all. We're going to have them issues to Jesus come. And the only way we get rid of those issues is renewing our mind, knowing who we are in Christ. And you know what? Repenting helps you not give the enemy inroad in your life because you recognize it. Yes, I lied. Father, thank you for forgiving me for that lie. I'm already forgiven. That's going to close the door on that lie. But if you keep saying, I ain't no liar, you a good one. That's the problem. You're so good at lying that it's just so much a part of you. You don't even know you lying. You think it's truth. I have been around Christians that know how to manipulate so much that they think they're actually doing what's right. And they think they're actually hearing from God. And it's a familiar spirit. And people falling for that mess. Y'all better wake up. Wake up. Now is the time of salvation. So whatever you're going through, whatever you did, whatever you've done... I'm here to tell you today, he's paid the price for that. The price has already been paid. Jesus have done that on our behalf because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The only way you can get to the Father is through him. All of us have sinned, transgressed, have iniquities, right? 
But sin, we missed the mark. All of us fall short to the glory of God. Transgressor is one that know but keep doing what he already know. Come on, we got some Christians still doing it. You know what's right, but you choose not to do what's right. That's still sin. Then we got some repeaters. You keep repeating, 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 repeating. The same thing over and over again. Guess what? Jesus paid the price for sin, transgression, and iniquity because he knew that we was going to miss one or the other. All of them is sin. So the blood paid it for us. And the, the blood paid that price for us. Why are we still going back and doing the same thing? One reason is because we don't know who we are now that we're in Christ. Second reason is you better check your salvation. And there could be the third. There could be a stronghold in your life. But if there's a stronghold in your life, y'all, this is truth. And you keep going back to this same pattern. You're going to cry out for help from somebody. That's how you know you're really saved. Because you're crying out and you're saying, Lord, send me somewhere that can help me to get through what I'm going through. I don't want to live like this no more. That's how you know that you really accepted Jesus because you don't want to live that life no more. you crying out for help. So let's go out there. 911. What's your emergency? Lost souls. And let's quit shunning those that are out there making us look like we're better. We're, we were not better until we accepted Jesus. And even now, we need Him. He's divine. We're the branches. Without Him, guess what, y'all? We wouldn't make it, we would die. So I thank God for Jesus. And I want to tell you in 15, go back and read it because it's talking about the prodigal son. And some of us are prodigals or have been prodigals where we want all our inheritance because you want to go out and live like the world is living. But how many know that money will run out, but eternal life will never run out. He went and squandered everything he had, doing all kind of stuff. Famine come in the land. He had no money, y'all. So guess what? Now he's coming to himself. Why do we have to wait when tragedy hit? Do you know when things hit is when we can fill up the churches? People come into church when tragedy hit. Storms, all this stuff, they come in. So he came to himself and he said, why am I eating like this, acting like this? They wouldn't even give him the pig slop. So he said, I can't even eat what the pigs eat. And I'm going home to my father. He said, I'll go home and I'll just be a servant. But when his father. But guess what he had to realize? He had to realize he was a sinner. He recognized he was a sinner and he was in need of a savior. And he knew he could go back home to his father. So when he went on the way home, his father saw it. And he came and he kissed him. He didn't even look at what he'd done, how he'd done it, or when he'd done it. He said, get him a robe, put him on a robe, robe of righteous. Get him a ring, put it on his finger. That means I'm giving you this authority. Put shoes on his feet. Those shoes, I believe, represent the gospel of peace, but they also represent you coming into sonship. You no longer a servant. You no longer a slave. You are a son. I'm putting you back on everything that you lost. And he put it on him. He said, now let's have a party. Kill the fattest calf. And let's be merry. See, rejoicing. 
over the one. He said, my son who was lost, now he's been found. Let us rejoice. So they began to rejoice. But then there was one that was left. It was a son that stuck with the father. That was that old Pharisee. That old Pharisee stayed home. I done everything you told me to do. I followed all your commands. You ain't never done me like this. And you know what the father said to him? Everything I have is already yours. But your brother who was lost, now he's found. Can I tell y'all something, church? This is in the church. People get upset because they think somebody is put over them, but you don't know where that person been. You don't know what that person been through. I've been in this church for 20 years and I ain't singing, I ain't preaching, I ain't doing nothing. You bring somebody up in here. By the way, I didn't bring them. They walked on their own. God told them where to go. I just obeyed God and did what God told me to do. So if you want to talk to somebody, talk to Oh, by the way, you don't talk to him. I forgot. Because if you talk to him, you wouldn't be addressing me. You would. We got some messed up church folk. Because if we spent more time talking to the father, we wouldn't have a divided church. Because the devil know a divided church cannot stand. So he's going to use somebody to start something. Or pick up something to make somebody look like they ain't where they need to be. That's called a Pharisee. Because everybody thinks, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. They ain't doing nothing. So why they in this position and why they in that? You talk to God about that. Amen? So we're saying 911. What's your emergency? Lost souls. Amen? So I thank God for this teaching and I pray, I pray and I speak that you don't put this on your shelf, that you go back to it. And when you're thinking about what you're going through, think about the ones that are lost, that don't know Jesus. You have everything. Everything he has is yours. Just get to know what belongs to you so you can share it with the ones that don't have it. We're supposed to share this salvation. We're supposed to share this rescue plan. Share it. Let the world know. Let Facebook know. Blow up Facebook and say 911. What's your emergency? Lost souls. Come on, if everybody get up there and do that, somebody even going to curse you out? Take you down from being their friend? That'll clear out some of your friends? That'll let you know who's real. Then begin to minister. You know what people say? Well, you can't throw your salvation, your religion. Mine ain't no religion. Mine is relationship. You telling me we can't throw off what we believe about Jesus in a loving way, but everybody else can throw off all this foolishness. Come on, please. Tell somebody else that because I don't care to hear it. Because I know a God who can. So use these free resources for him and not you shining. Okay? Because it's all about him and his word. Spend more time hearing what God wants you to post. 
Don't just find a scripture to post because somebody's going to check you on it. And they're going to ask you. I was reading your scripture. What is it? Which one was that? Don't just post it to make people think you posted something. Post it because the spirit of the Lord spoke to you. So when somebody talk back to you, you can talk to them through the spirit and not through the flesh. And you don't have to stumble over your words. You know how to answer. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, is there anyone in here? That have heard this good news. That know that you're in the need of a savior. That know you cannot do it by yourself. Now is the time of salvation. Come on, you don't have to be lost. God is saying, come home. God is saying, come home. Now is your time. Is there anyone out there that's saying, Lord, I need you. I cannot do this by myself. Is there one? Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. We thank you. Hallelujah. Is there any out there today that you're not sure of your salvation? You said, I've been walking this walk for a long time, but I don't feel like I'm safe. I want to tell you, it's not about a feeling. Not about a feeling. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. God, we thank you. Father, we just thank you and we praise you on today that everybody has heard the word of God, the word of life. And I thank you that this word come in and it quicken and it makes them alive because faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. So we thank you, Father God, that those that are lost, God, that they are found, God, through this teaching, God, on today in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, for what you bring into this house. We thank you, God, for the ones that you have for this house. We thank you for the prodigals coming back home, God, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Father God, that you said in your word that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Send your labors out today amongst the harvest in Jesus' name. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers today, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel in Jesus' name. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, for those that are coming to Christ on this day, that's coming to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.